WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week, WUB goes into the newly constructed Ohio Esports Arena and how it's changing perceptions about the genre. I had my grandmother come in here um, a couple weekends ago, and she was like, oh, it's like a real thing, which is like the first thing she said to me. And I was like, yeah, like I'm not a lunatic. Like I've been telling you about this. Like this is, you know, it's real, it's here, it's really top of the line. In WUB's lead forecaster, Erin Ashley, updates us with the impossible impact of Hurricane Ian. Just overnight the other night, the storm passed over the Gulf of Mexico and grew into an intense Category 4 hurricane. These stories and more, right here, on The Outlet. One in seven Ohioans struggle with hunger, and more than 9,000 people in Athens County receive SNAP benefits. Jobs and Family Services hits the road to reach these people, and WUB reporter Madison Moore went with them. The JSF mobile unit is designed to reach remote areas around the county and people in need of food, transportation, and high-speed internet. The project began as an idea two years ago, but it has been in full effect for the last year, with numbers increasing every month. Athens County Job and Family Services Public Relations Specialist Christy Denny says they are on the road five days a week. So it allows us to be at other locations like, you know, this, for instance, today, where we can get out to more people to provide them with services or to see if they're entitled to services, help them with questions on their benefits, or help them with employment needs or food insecurity. The mobile unit provides ready-to-eat lunches and operation full belly bags with meals in them and hygiene kits. JFS on Wheels reaches 250 to 300 clients per month on average. 21-year-old Kai Sanborn has been coming to the mobile unit since she was a teen. Learned a job and family when I was homeless and it got me insurance, it got me food, and eventually got me like a roof over my head. So like obviously it's very helpful to like the Athens community and like especially like the homeless community. Community relations coordinator Sarah Phillips says she's excited for the future of the mobile unit. Our hopes are that other counties uh, will be able to adopt this idea and this theme and that they also will be able to have mobile units within their counties. Athens County Job and Family Services may present the mobile office project to state leaders next spring in hopes of replicating the innovative around Ohio. For The Outlet, I'm Madison Moore in Athens. For more information about the Jobs and Family Services on Wheels schedule or office, visit the Athens County Job and Family Service on Facebook or jfs.athenoh.org. Hurricane Ian has struck the western part of Florida and is now on its way across the state toward the Atlantic Ocean. WUB lead forecaster Aaron Ashley is here to update us on what the storm is bringing. Thanks, Taylor. And first off, this hurricane is not meant to be taken lightly. Just overnight the other night, the storm passed over the Gulf of Mexico and grew into an intense Category 4 hurricane with wind speeds up to 155 miles per hour, which is only two miles per hour away from being a textbook definition of a Category 5 hurricane. Wow, Erin, that is just catastrophic. Was this something that meteorologists have been preparing for for a while? With hurricanes and how strong they are, it takes a lot to really build a hurricane up. Warm sea surface temperatures provide the moisture needed to build hurricanes into the monsters that they are. 
What hazards are meteorologists warning about as the storm progresses? The hidden hazard is storm surge, which is destructive ocean waters barreling inland. They appear rapidly and can get up to many feet high. Um, we're still looking and tracking about 18 feet high being the, towards the higher end of the range. But again, that can reach really high depth. This is life-threatening to anyone near the coastline and has already done a great deal of damage across the western coastlines. Besides storm surges, I've seen some evidence of tornadoes happening in Florida as well. Is this common with hurricanes? Absolutely. They are incredibly common, especially with these aggressive hurricanes. Other hazards will include flooding and high winds. Both are extremely likely to destroy infrastructure. Are there any updates with what has been destroyed? There are unfortunately lots of power outages that are limiting communication, but on social media, there is clear evidence of tornado destruction. The main thing across social media at the moment is storm surge destruction and flooding. Just absolutely devastating to see the damage caused so far. And what can we expect moving forward with the storm? Right now, Ian is making its way eastward across Florida, eyeing the southeastern parts of Georgia and South Carolina, as well as the northern bits of Florida. Do not let your guard down. Expect similar conditions as those in western Florida have seen. And what about us here in southeast Ohio? By the time we see Ian, he will be in pieces. We will still see lots and lots of rain, and the chance for rain will be consistent over the weekend days. And with that comes the danger of high winds as well. And certainly our thoughts go out to those impacted by this terrible natural disaster. Head sits on and deep in the zone. Bobcat Esports launched into its newly finished esports arena this month. WUB Sports Director Aiden Crowley was there to learn how important a physical space is for competitive gaming. It took four years to complete, but the Ohio Esports Center is ready to host both casual and competitive gamers. The facility, costing over $1 million, located in the lower level of Scripps Hall, has been an area students like Leah McCamish have been dreaming of. It's just like, hey, like we actually exist as a club. Like This is our space, this is our community, and you can see the people in them and actually interact with them face-to-face -face instead of just over a little Discord icon. It's a large investment for the university. However, it's not a surprising one. In 2014, Robert Morris became the first university to adopt esports. Since then, over 350 schools have implemented a program. McCamish coaches one of the esports teams at OU and says the process goes beyond a simple click or keys on a keyboard. I had my grandmother come in here um, a couple weekends ago, and she was like, oh, it's like a real thing, which is like the first thing she said to me. And I was like, yeah, like I'm not a lunatic. Like I've been telling you about this. Like this is, you know, it's real, it's here, it's really top of the line. As the space of esports expands and streams like these become more commonplace, those in the industry's biggest concern is breaking down the stigma. Ohio Esports Director Jeffrey Kuhn explains the real-world application of a space like this going beyond just the games on the monitor. 
don't think of esports as a major, think about it as a specialization. You can be a, a psychology major focusing on the stress of esports players. You can be a broadcaster focused on esports broadcasting. So there's a flexibility there I think really makes it applicable to across the university. The $3 billion industry is a frontier that many are looking to conquer, while universities welcome it with open arms. For The Outlet, I'm Aiden Crowley. Aiden visited the arena for this story. It's a very unique place. Yeah, I mean, this was a really cool space. Visually, the amount of people in there, uh, it was a cool environment. You could like hear all the keys on the keyboard. You could hear all the mouse clicks. Um, and it was it's something that felt new and something that felt fresh. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to kind of delve deeper into it is because it's such an area that not a lot of people are aware of. And I think not a lot of people are aware of the real world application behind it. And there's a reason that these universities are spending so much money that they are. I think uh, I talked to Jeffrey Kuhn, the Ohio esports director. He estimated about $1.1 million came um, towards the esports arena. And so it's important because people are spending money for it. It's a billion dollar industry. So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, aside from, you know, what you would typically think of as an esports either career or you, you think of the player, right? You mm -hmm. think of the person who is behind the computer playing the game. But it sounds like there's a lot more to the esports industry than just, you know, players. Yeah. Um, in my conversation with Kuhn kind of off camera, he spoke a little bit about the wider net they're trying to cast. Um, they're trying to get broadcasting students. They're trying to get people interested in media production. Um, there's so many other applications. In the interview, he mentioned psychology of esports, like under stress. There's so many different avenues that I thought was really cool because, like, like I mentioned before, it's a billion-dollar industry that has a lot of money to spend, and it's something that's only growing. So they're going to try new avenues. They're trying to get a Twitch stream set up. They've gotten a couple of successful things on there where – of course, there's the actual play happening, but there's people broadcasting it like if it was a football game or a basketball game, and I think that's really cool. So it's a whole new avenue, a whole new area, a specialization for people. That was one of the coolest things that he said. He said, don't think of esports as a major, but think of it more as a specialization that can be applied to different fields. So I think that was really cool and something that can be applied for people who may be a little bit more unfamiliar because there might be some people who may not be interested in esports but could find an interest and fall in love with the broadcasting side or production side so yeah absolutely and there are you know there's a growing industry to meet those students even after they graduate which is really super cool yeah i mean just i guess fortnite is probably the biggest example that a lot of people know uh, obviously because it's a really popular game but they held a tournament for like a million dollars or something for the winter a big venue um, and it's just a space that's booming right now. I think COVID kind of helped that a little bit, uh, people being away, and they were trying to find some kind of form of contact with other people, and video games brought people together, and it's just kind of stuck, and it's really cool, and a lot of big tech people are investing into this. A lot of big industri industry professionals, those kinds of people are going after it, and I, I think it's really cool. It's a big boom right now. The American Red Cross struggled to get blood donations throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. WUB reporter Silver Barker says they've launched new initiatives to increase donations. The Red Cross is struggling to collect different blood types. At Ohio University, the Red Cross relies on the diverse number of people on campus. 
Athens and Morgan County Red Cross account manager Jordan Staley says they usually collect around 35 to 40 units of blood from the university, but COVID has made it hard to reach those numbers. The restrictions that happened because of students getting sick on campus caused us to lose a lot of locations on campus and a lot of blood drives on campus because those specific rooms were used for social distancing different classrooms. So this is the first time um, that we've actually been able to be on a consistent schedule on the Athens campus in nearly two years. In Athens County, 60% of the population is eligible, but only 3% donate blood. Staley says they rely on other organizations to host blood drives to bring in more people who would not usually think about donating blood. Unless your family member or your, you know, close friend has ever had to have a blood transfusion surgery, or something usually traumatic is what causes the information to be spread about this. It's not something that somebody thinks of as super important. And of course, if you are a blood donor, you do realize that because every time you give blood, you can save up to three people. Ohio University nursing student Laura Littlejohn says she realized how important donating blood was when she was hospitalized. Um, so I decided to start consistently donating blood a couple of years ago. I had my tonsils taken out. I had some complications afterward. Um, I experienced two hemorrhages and so I kind of realized like, oh, there really is a big need for blood. Like it's very important because it affected myself. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Silver Barker in Athens. The Bobcats were back at home this week for a high-scoring affair. WUB Sports Director Aiden Crowley and Associate Sports Director Maria Manessi say it wasn't a game for fans of defense. It was electric on Saturday. That's probably the best word I can describe for it. I mean, this game delivered 111 points between the two teams, and Maria, it was just back and forth the whole game. Yeah, it just towards the end, it was like just very back and forth. You just didn't know who was going to win this one. I mean, it was like Fordham had the ball, they scored, and then you're like, this is over. But Ohio came back again, scored. It was just very back and forth and just didn't know who was going to end this one um, on top. And Ohio ended up winning, but it was just very close and crazy. I've never experienced a game like that. I feel like that was just... Yeah, Maria, it really just felt like whoever had the ball last was going to win this game. I mean, each defense kind of struggled putting up resistance against these two teams. 59-52 in way of the Bobcats, and Curtis Rourke had himself a day, a career-defining day for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He had 537 passing yards, and he completed 41 of 50 passes, which is literally insane, but in this high scoring of a game, too, super impressive, and he beat the um, single-game passing yard record or set the new record with that. Um, the old record was just over 400 passing yards, so it was like he had himself a day, especially when the defense struggled. Curtis definitely picked up for them and um, was a big key part in this one for the Bobcats. Yeah, that performance from Roar came at the perfect time, and it also comes at an even better time as they gear up to start MAC play, and they go up against a really good defense in Kent State. So they're going to have to continue that momentum, but they're also going to have to make some adjustments in the back end and their secondary if they're going to want to come away with that because Kent State played that close game with Georgia, the number one team in the country. And so that's definitely one that the Bobcats are going to have to show up, and they're going to have to start fast. And I'm excited to see what adjustments the secondary makes because, you know, Kent State's not going to shy away. They're predicted as one of the top teams in the MAC, and OU gets them first, so we'll get to see what that's all about. 
Yeah, I think it will present a good challenge for Ohio. Um, defense definitely needs to improve, especially, like you said, in the back end. I think offense was doing um, really well against Fordham, and I expect to see that again. But Kent State did play very well against a um, good Georgia team. So it will definitely be interesting to see what um, they can do and how they can start MAC play because Ohio also is predicted to be decent in the MAC as well. So just seeing um, – kind of how they go up against someone in conference compared to the non-conference play that we've seen the past four weeks. So, That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, with help from Johnny Lee. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at newswatch underscore wub. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio. 